0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello, Michigan fans. Trevor Woods from SB Nation's Maize & Brew coming to you after a Michigan victory in Bloomington, Indiana. The Wolverines. Prevailed after struggling, scuffling a bit in the first half, but they come out on top 31-10. The Wolverines dealt with some adversity today, some wild occurrences on the field that were out of their control. Unfortunately, running backs coach Mike Hart suffered a seizure, according to Fox Sports. Hart was carted off the field in a stretcher. He was taken to a local hospital. At the conclusion of the game, head coach Jim Harbaugh said that Hart will be staying there overnight, but he's going to be okay. Hart, definitely somebody who the Michigan team, the Michigan offense, they all love, a former player, a legend at running back for Michigan in the late 2000s. Now he's back at his alma mater, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, others on Michigan's sideline were certainly distraught and were being hugged by coaches and coaches and players were coming together trying to make sense of it trying to push through but you know I'm no psychic I'm no mind reader but you would have to think that that occurrence is a reason why Michigan kind of scuffled in the first half at halftime it was 10 to 10 and the Wolverines This was not their best game, but it surely was not their best first half. That's an absolute fact. But what matters is how do you adjust? How do you overcome it? Because that's what football is. Sometimes you do get punched in the mouth. Sometimes things, just like in life, happen that are out of your control, and you just got to keep on keeping on. And that is what the Wolverines were able to do. For example, Michigan gave up 193 yards on defense in the first half, but just 29 yards. In this second half, Michigan's offense, they were just 2 of 7 in the first half on third down. The second half, different story, 5 of 7. So it's all about making those adjustments, changing woes into woes, so to speak, and they ended up showing why they're the number 4 team in the country. But one thing, penalties, unacceptable. We have 10 penalties in a game, 5 in the first half, 5 in the second half. Against a more talented team, this could come to bite you, could make you lose a game. That was not the case for the Wolverines today, but there were some false starts. There were a couple of pass interference calls that certainly shouldn't have happened. And the officiating wasn't good on top of it, let's be real. But Wolverines, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit too. But overall, still a lot of positives to take out of this game. One of which being the pass rush in Michigan looked very dominant. And it's not only that it looked dominant, it's how they went about their business. Now, Michigan defense coordinator Jesse Minter before the season talked about, you know, last year there was Aiden Hutchinson, Heisman candidate, racked up a bunch of sacks. Same thing on the other side, edge rusher David Ojabo. So it's pretty much a two man wrecking crew. Minter this offseason basically was implying that they're going to have to get pressure from. A lot of different areas, a lot of different positions. And that's what we saw today. Evenly dispersed the pressure. Seven different players had sacks. Seven sacks on the day. Seven different players. Mike Morris, IB Oki, Junior Colson, Mike Barrett, Jalen Harrell, Brandon McGregor, and Derek Moore. IU quarterback Connor Bazalick. He's going to be sore after this one. Completed just 51% of his throws or just... 203 yards on 49 attempts. So hats off to the Michigan pass rush. Mike Morris, he's already looking like a Hutchinson-type guy. What he brings to a defense, his mentality, his motor, his never-give-up spirit, it definitely rubs off on others. Even when Morris isn't getting to the quarterback, he is disrupting the quarterback. He's disrupting his timing and disrupting his clock. So And he's clocking him too, right? A lot of quarterback hits. So that was good to see. Some leakage in the secondary today. Got to talk about that a little bit. Rod Moore, a good interception. Got to give him credit there. But the first touchdown of the game, the only touchdown scored by IU, Mike Barrett, who I actually love the guy. But he definitely could attack a little bit better there to prevent that touchdown in the red zone. Unfortunately, that did not happen. But there's certain things like that you see throughout a game, throughout the What, you know, over 120 plays that occurred, you know, 60 on offense, 60 on defense, roughly, that you'd like to see, you know, some things cleaned up. So that is something that needs to be cleaned up along with the penalties. But nobody can call this Michigan team soft on defense, and they certainly can't call them soft, slow, or sluggish on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it was a sluggish start to the game for the Michigan offense, but. It's the totality of a game. It's the four quarters of the game that defines what a team is. And Michigan's certainly ahead of schedule compared to where they were a year ago at this time when the offense, if you remember, was scuffling mightily against Rutgers and then went on the road to Nebraska. And Jake Moody basically had to bail the offense out with four field goals. This offense, they're not selling for field goals all the time. J.J. McCarthy He's not looking like he's 19-year-olds back there, back up, folks. 28-36 to 36 on the day for 304 yards, three touchdowns. He did have one interception. It was a pretty good throw. One of them tight window throws, but, you know, hit Ronnie Bell's hand. It was tight coverage. Went up in the air quite a bit. So bad throw, no. Risky throw, yes. And bad luck, yes. And another thing I was impressed with by McCarthy is, He continues to use his legs to buy extra time, but what he's also doing is he's locked in looking downfield. He's not just scrambling there like a chicken with his head cut off. He's not scrambling around there aimlessly. He's scrambling with a purpose. He's not scrambling to just get extra yardage. He's being a passer first. And it's also been nice to see McCarthy get down when he needs to instead of taking a big hit and get out of bounds instead of taking a big hit. So that was an encouraging day from J.J. In my opinion. Now, with JJ, there is also the weapons that are at his disposal that he gets to throw to. And earlier this week, I went on Sirius XM and Michigan Titan legend, great, great broadcaster now, Jig. Butt. he asked me about, and Jake but let's be real, he, I should be asking him the questions. But I was lucky to be his guest on his show. And he was asking me, basically, who I think the number one target for Michigan is. He's basically saying there hasn't been, you know, a top draft pick at receiver for the Wolverines since uh, Braylon Edwards. So, you'd like to see a receiver step up and gain separation, become that number one target. But I didn't have a good answer for him as far as giving him one. So, I had to decide to give him multiple guys and... Today kind of proved me right on that. I mean, Ronnie Bell had 11 receptions for 121 yards. Luke Shoemaker had nine receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Cornelius Johnson, who might, you know, a little bit of a slow start as far as his reception yardage totals. Four receptions for 58 yards and two scores. And Andrew Anthony, he's a young guy, but... Continues to look pretty good at least once a week. Had a great one-headed catch today. Last week had that 29-yard reception. Uh, That was a strike by McCarthy and Andrew. Great catch and got down before he got clobbered by the safety. So it's all about what McCarthy can do with these weapons. It's one thing to have weapons, but it's another thing entirely to have a quarterback who knows how to utilize them and knows when to go to who when. And that's going to make... Michigan's offense potentially dangerous in weeks to come when you really can't double-team one specific guy. And uh, offensively, you can dictate who you throw to on a given week to exploit a specific matchup. Is their nickelback weak? Can our tight end exploit the middle of the field here? Can Roman Wilson scratch it against the slower corner? Can Ronnie Bell just display his all-around great route running tree? and continue to get open against a lackluster corner. I mean, there's all these guys who can contribute in the passing offense for Michigan. So, I tweeted before the game that I think this Michigan team may very well be better than the 2021 Michigan team. And then after that, of course, 10-10 at halftime. I was getting a little flack from you guys, some of you guys, on Twitter about it, and I stand by it. Second half kind of proved me right. It looked pretty good. Some concerns with the play calling again today from some of you, and uh, I do understand it, especially the first half. Second half, I liked what Michigan did offensively, but it's kind of hard to overall judge that first half based on the mental state of the team in light of what happened to Mike Hart. But, um, That doesn't necessarily excuse a play call that you know Matt Weiss and Cheryl Moore, the co-offense coordinators, wish they could take back. But the bottom line is Michigan is six and zero on the season, the number four team in the nation. They have all their goals still in front of them as they head back home to Ann Arbor to face a undefeated Penn State team who will be coming off a bye. The Nittany Lions and head coach James Franklin surely were watching this one today, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's one train of thought that you can sit here and say, man, there's a lot of things that are concerning. There's another train of thought that you can say, this team has a lot of potential. And maybe both are equally as true as the other, but... Not many teams have it better than Michigan right now. So the whole Jim Harbaugh, who's got it better than us thing, well, I guess Alabama does. I guess Ohio State does. I guess Georgia does. But not many teams. Not many teams. And Michigan, overall, they're right where they want to be. They're right in the thick of things, right? So we're going to see what that gets them in the weeks to come. But for now, there's more positives than negatives to weigh. And it's hard to be overly critical when a team is undefeated. And that's just the way I look at it. But what matters is that the team themselves, the coaches themselves, they are their biggest critics. Not me, not you listening to this broadcast, not the folks on Twitter. It's them. They power the operation. They know what needs to be cleaned up. Harbaugh last week said offensively Michigan left some meat on the bone. They did. This week, I guess you could say the same thing, especially as the first half's concerned. But overall, 31 points, still pretty good. In the NFL, you're going to take that each and every week, maybe with the exception of going up against somebody like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is in the third might not work out for you. Tom Brady learned that last week. But, yeah, this is a good offense, a good defense. with. Some injuries that hopefully these guys get back soon. Roman Wilson was out today. He's expected back next week. Eric Hall, we don't know when he's going to be back. Trent A. Jones, he got rolled up on today. Right tackle, that didn't look good. That's not good news, especially coming after a game last week against Iowa and a very good stingy Iowa defense. The Michigan offensive line absolutely dominated Trent A. Jones. That was his best game of the season. Jim Harbaugh, last week, called that the line's best performance of the year. I happen to agree with that. So that's unfortunate. The long snapper was out today for the Wolverines as well. And long snapper is always, always one of the most unheralded positions in football. Moody missed a kick today, so hopefully William Wagner gets back. Michigan's a little banged up, but they have their quarterback Of the future, they have their quarterback of the here and now. They have an electric running back in Blake Corum, who's also proving to be a very good short yardage back. So what are Michigan's deficiencies? I don't think we necessarily know that yet, but we are starting to know what their strengths are, and they certainly have a lot of them. But the tape doesn't lie. There's some things in the secondary that needs to be cleaned up. The penalties need to go away and the false starts need to go away offensively, which was a little bit surprising today. Even one from Olu Oluwatimi who one of the best centers in the nation was up for the Remington Award last season. So I don't expect any false starts from Olu in the weeks to come. Just one of them off days a little bit. But when you can have an off day and still shut a team out in the second half, when you can have an off day and outscore a team in the second half 21-0, when you know... The adjustments matter so much after halftime. In the heat of the moment, in the heat of one quarter, things can get a little testy, things can get a little heated, things can get a little ugly, but what it matters is how you finish, how you get to that finish line. And Michigan, they finished strong last week. They finished strong yet. So we're going to see where that gets them in the weeks to come. But for now, this is Trevor Woods. You can follow me on Twitter, at WoodsFootball. You can follow us on Twitter at masonbrew. Brew. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please feel free to leave us a five-star rating because I believe that's what we deserve on days like today. But we'll see what you think. However, I'm signing off for now, and I will talk to you next week from atop the big house at Michigan Stadium when the Wolverines face the Nittany Lions. Have a good one, folks.